Today we got Jonas Scholes back in studio. Jonas back. What are you selling today? I'll tell you what he's selling. He's selling a blueprint to save this country. Okay. Welcome to Pop Bless America. I'm Jim. And I'm Dan. So, oh, Sheriff Lamb, welcome. Thank you. I got to bring you two on as my hype men all the time. <laughs> oh, all you have to do is just go along. Just put your mask on. Just because I might not agree with it, that doesn't mean I lose my right to parent my kid. Leave like, the jokes to me, Chief. This is what gets Jim fired up. It's not communism that's going to destroy this country. It's not socialism that's going to destroy this country. What's going to destroy this country is apathy. Don't count on anybody coming to save you. It is time to save ourselves jonah jim let's talk about the elephant in the room what happened in the election didn't go the way we wanted it to and <sighs> didn't go the way i wanted it to I, I before we get dive into anything i just wanted to first ask does appearing on this podcast automatically get me on an fbi terrorist watch list mm. uh i don't know not yet well i think uh. he's i think he's narrowed it down I, he's narrowed the focus down too much. I think it's more of a Department of Homeland Security. Mm. So the FBI is probably falling under that. But yes, you're going to be. Listen, if you're not on two watch lists by now, you're disappointing yeah, us. Yeah, you're not doing it right. <laughs> right you're not doing it right. <laughs> Listen, when you got parents that are just going to school board meetings that are on, on watch list, it, come on. It's a pretty low bar. It is a low bar. Right, right. But, but for as much uh, pavement pounding as you did, um, I mean, I'm looking at the results now for that for that primary, and it and it was, I mean, you had to see three times as many people as votes that you got, and that just goes to show you that name recognition, that 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 extra weight that Donald Trump had behind him to put Max Miller in there um, was was a, was a hurdle that you had to overcome. Yeah, and listen, it wasn't the result we wanted, and it was. Pretty shocking to us, the margin uh, of victory uh, that we saw, the margin of loss, rather, for us. And really, it just illustrated some the the really critical elements that are broken in our politics, that mm -hmm. you cannot, in the current battlefield, with the current wokeness level, and I'm not talking about the bad woke, I'm talking about the actual awakening of the American public, with that current level of, of lack of engagement, you cannot overcome the money in this current battlefield. You can't overcome those huge endorsements when you're just a, a little citizen candidate. It didn't matter that we knocked 70,000 doors. It didn't matter that I spoke at over 300 events and shook tens of thousands of hands at the end of the day. Do we ever figure out how many events or how many doors Max Miller knocked? Um, <laughs> well, uh, Your best guess? My, my, my best guess of doors was I saw him on, at, at one on, on an Instagram post. Mm. I know he, he mm. went to one. Doesn't count uh, for if you sure. don't put on so, so at least one, more than zero. He's like, um, hi, but I'm Max. I bought the house next door like six months ago, and I know you haven't seen me here, but I'm just, I just letting you know I'm here now. But if anybody's but, asking, I'm the one that mows the grass. But at the end of the day, being outspent thirty to one, those are just odds that you can't overcome right now, and it's not really a. I don't think it's an indictment necessarily of the system. It's an indictment of us as voters because we have made it pretty clear to the political ruling class that we cannot see beyond or we're not willing to do what's necessary to see beyond the mailers, the TV ads, the high-profile endorsements. And that's ultimately what's going to need to turn around is the American people need to become independent again. We've become a society of people that is comfortable and, and desiring to be spoon-fed information whether it's from the media, whether it's from our politicians. And that is the antithesis of the original American. The original American, independent, adventurous, 
wanted to make up his own mind. And we need a return to that original rugged individual individuality that made our people great because a good people will create a good government. I firmly believe that. And if we remember as American people who we were meant to be and who we truly are, our virtue, our strength, our independence, and our, and our, and our worth as Americans, I think you'll start to see things turning around, but it has to start in the hearts of the everyday American if we're going to see any change in Congress or, or any level of government. How could you not vote for that, Jim? Oh. <laughs> Well, because I didn't live in that district. Oh, okay. But I did go down there, and I voted three times. So, <laughs> Because that's that's okay now. That's what we do. That is what we do. Uh, you know, I will say that when I reached out to you right after the election, you probably don't even remember. You're probably so inundated with messages. But you were in such a funk that I called a mental health crisis hotline for you, and they were mm-hmm. like, well, where is he? I'm like, I don't know. And they are like, well, there's nothing we can do. And they hung up on me. But I want you to know I was there for you. You were, I was worried about you. I'm not even, I'm not even kidding. I was worried that that was it. You were going to throw her, throw the towel in, that you're going to walk away. Um, and we got another one we got to call. We got to call Cicely Davis back. She was up there running against Ilan Omar and she got beat. And she is like you. I mean, you and her would be best friends, man. Um, and we, we should probably reach back out to her because she's another one that I do not want to see walk away from this. Yeah. There's she, great things, great same, things in store thing, for both same of you. Thing. What he just said, the, the words that just came out of his mouth. Could have been her. Would have been her. Yeah. Not even could have, would have. Yeah. You we, could run our show back with her and hear the same exact thing. Yeah. Cicely Davis was amazing. Amazing. But what about when we were talking to Blystone's people off the record, they were like, hey, unless you're bringing a million dollars to the table, Florida's not talking to you. Florida, meaning Donald Trump, meaning that whole right. entire base is not talking to you. And right. that's that's actually splitting the the, uh, the the Republican ticket right now, so especially you see what's going on with DeSantis versus Trump right now. Well, we it, can talk about how to fix it, or we can read a blueprint about how to fix it. And that's really why we got Jonah here today, because Jonah took all of that negative energy he had in him after the election and being so discouraged, and you wrote a book, right? Yeah, that's and, right. And the book is going to drop the day that this podcast drops on March 13th. So um, how about that? The day you're listening to this, you're going to be able to go out and get a copy of this book. Um, I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy a cup. Well, wait a minute. How much is it? (laughs) It's going to be $15 on Amazon. I'm going to buy one copy of it and just kidding. And then he's going to sell it to me for seven (laughs) 50. I'm going to buy, I'll buy, I'm going to buy a couple copies of it because there's some people I want to send it to. Sure. You know, the boys out of freedom square. Mm -hmm. I want to send them a copy of this. Um, I think once they read, and it's an easy read. Uh, I was fortunate enough that Jonah got me a, uh, the, uh, I guess, what is it called? The, the advanced reader the advanced, copy. And, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and yeah, but, and, and I read it today. Yeah. And Jim sent me an advanced copy, but he sent me a compromised uh, email or, or the government could have been involved, but I didn't get it. I couldn't open yeah, it let's not roll on my out. phone. <laughs> well, the book is called common sense for a dying nation. And you wrote it based on Thomas Paine's pamphlet of uh, common sense, which we have right yep. here. Now, what is interesting, and you didn't know this until I told you this, right? Your book is only 74 pages long. Right. Thomas Paine's uh, common sense, 72 pages long, and one of the greatest pamphlets ever written. Hmm. Now, what this book is, is what we used to be, right? We used to have pamphleteers that would go out, and they would write such scathing things, such radical ideas that they would write it un- under anonymous anonymity. The do good. Right. Thomas Paine, not so much. He didn't care, but, um, and Jonah Scholes doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Right. He, he wrote this on, under his name, but when you read this thing, I am telling you right now, I was, I told you I was going to skim it and I couldn't stop reading it. I mean, everything you said, I was just like, my man, my man. 
Well, Thomas Paine says in Common Sense that the cause of America is in great measure the cause of all mankind. And I firmly believe if, if, if any of you listening, if you two have read Common Sense, obviously you have, you understand that reading Common Sense by Thomas Paine, if you took out all the context of it being in 1776, it's a letter to the American people in 2023 is what it is. And what I realized when I, when I was so discouraged, like you said, after the election and, and trying to figure out where, you know, you know, lots of prayer going into, you know, God, you gave me this passion, you gave me this fire. Where's this going to go now? How am I going to use those gifts and abilities you gave me to do something good in this country, in this world? I sat down and read Common Sense because I said, you know, maybe somebody from the, our past who's a lot smarter than myself can give me some answers. Um, and so I sat down and read Common Sense and I said, wow, this is exactly what every American needs to hear right now. How can we put this in a modern context in a way that's digestible and accessible to every American? Because we don't need, you know, when I was thinking about writing, we don't need another 500 page expose on healthcare immigration policy, right? The, the policy itself that we're talking about is not difficult. If you want to solve the immigration crisis, what do you do? You close the border, right? If you want to reduce crime, you lock up more criminals. If you want to reduce inflation, you spend less. This is not anything, a complicated conversation to necessarily have on all of this policy matter. The key words there, though, are want to. Right, right exactly. And this administration right now has no desire to stop any of that. Why would they? No, as we've seen through the last, our entire lifetimes, but especially over the last few years, is that perpetual crisis and perpetual problems is the moneymaker for the government, is how they get more power, more money, more access into our lives. And so the American people, again, have, we've, we've outsourced our own thought, our own ability to process, our own sense of independence to these few political elite, whether they're on the left or the right. Uh, and we have to reclaim that. And understanding that the battlefield we're on, it's political, it's cultural, and it's spiritual. These three battlefields, they're, they're inextricably linked. We cannot move forward by just having some conversations about some corporate tax breaks, right? That's not what it's going to save this country. What's going to save this country is a return to those values and that virtue that made us great to begin with. And reading through Thomas Paine's, you know, common sense, really the, really the, the outline and the foundation for the Declaration of Independence in many ways, um, looking through that, I realized, hey, people need to hear this now. How can we get it to them in a way that they can sit down and not spend days or weeks or months trying to read through these volumes of, of encyclopedia, but how can we take something in an hour or two hours and sit down and share it and be able to really contemplate what it means to be American and what it means to be truly free. In your introduction, and this is it, this is it in a nutshell. Uh, Thomas Jefferson said at the founding of our republic, the price of freedom is eternal vigilance. He didn't say the price of freedom is vigilance for the next hundred years. Mm-hmm. He didn't say the price of freedom. He was talking to us. He was talking to us in 200 years. He was talking to us in 300 years. Eternal vigilance. And we've gotten away from that, man. We've gotten comfortable. We've gotten comfortable on the public dole. We've gotten comfortable letting government take care of things. Uh, apathy, right? We just, we don't care anymore. Whatever. As long as I can get tacos on Tuesday, man, I'm, you know, I'm happy. And I'm guilty of it from getting away from religion, too. I was raised in a religious household, and I would just rather sit back and not even deal with the consequence of having to decide if aliens, Jesus, or Bigfoot want to be the first one to show their face to me. Then they win. Like, 
I play Is that, that how it works? I play that game. And and <laughs> I, I think the big thing I make a point of, whether it's in our politics, our culture, or spiritually, like you're talking about, it's not that I that we need you to have all the answers today, right? When we talk about spirituality, you know, I'm a Christian, but I'm seeking each and every day to try to figure this thing out. It's a journey. And exactly. And so when you're talking about the American public, the first step is seeking truth and, and, and not being okay just sitting on your couch and watching reruns of Seinfeld every evening. And, and, and as long as you have food in your belly, something stupid to watch on TV and a roof over your head, just saying this is all life has to offer. Because yeah, it's, America, it's easy our, to fall into. Right. Our, our, our foundation as Americans are thirsty, are passionate for truth, for adventure, for prosperity, certainly, but for making something much greater than ourselves. And we have gotten so passive, so apathetic, that it's destroying this country on the political level, the cultural level, and the spiritual level. And all those three things need to be addressed, and they can't be addressed but from the top down. It has to be among the people in a great reawakening. Do you see any part in the world, whether it's Muslim or another Christian country, that hasn't fallen away, that is still doing okay? Or do you think this is a worldwide problem? Well, it's certainly worldwide. It's happening all over the place. But if you look at a country, say, like Hungary, Hungary is a great example of a nation that's saying, listen, what made us great is the fact that we, we were and we are a Christian nation with Western values. And we are going to protect those things by protecting our border, ensuring that the people that are coming into this country share our values. We are going to encourage people to not just get pregnant out of wedlock, but, but have children and start families with a mother and a father and have as many children as you want because we need more kids in, in this society and mm-hmm. encouraging people to do what is good. I think one thing that I see in different countries, uh, there's few, the examples are few and far between, but like Hungary are conserv- where conservatives have gone wrong in the United States for a long time is simply saying, do whatever you want, just stay out of my yard <laughs> kind of mentality no, of, of because you have the left in America that wants to absolutely dominate, that wants to take away your autonomy over any possible decision, wants to enforce their worldview. They want you to bow to their flags, <laughs> worship at their altars. They say they're not religious, but every single way they behave is very religious in nature. And at the same time, you have a right wing, ostensibly, that is saying, well, you know, I don't want to do any of those things as long as you don't make me pay for it, right? But the real purpose of government is not just to sit by and do nothing. It is to encourage good behavior. It is to encourage virtue and liberty because only through living life in a virtuous manner can you find true liberty. Um, And we used to understand that conservatively and, and from the standpoint of our federal government, but we've taken kind of this radical liberal and libertarian view where we want to just say everything goes, do what you want, sleep with who you want, shoot up whatever drugs right. you want as so, long as it doesn't bother me. So two things. One, um, now that we've broken away from Knucklehead and um, Freedom Square is, we're, we're basically powered by Freedom Square right now, right? They're editing our stuff. They're, they're unbelievable resource for us. Mm-hmm. But we are handling our own distribution. And we were talking about this just a minute ago. And um, now we can see our analytics. We can see who's listening to us. And I want to give a shout out to the two folks in Hungary who listen to Pod Bless America. So, Hungary, if you're listening, shout out to you. Hungary. Two of y'all. There was one in the Dominican Republic, but we just figured out that was Dan on vacation. So, it was. Number two, 
uh, I am guilty of what we just talked about here, right? Uh, from a, I, I'm not a, I'm not a hardcore libertarian, but obviously I believe in liberty. Um, and for a long time in my life, I have lived the way of, look, do what you want as long as it doesn't affect me. Hey, okay, you know, hey, uh, gay marriage. I'm not gay. I'm not marrying a dude. But if you want to marry a dude, hey, you go ahead. But then it's just another step, another step, another step. And there comes a point where you have to say, all right, even though it's not affecting me, it's affecting this country. It's affecting our kids, which is part of the reason that we started this podcast, to call out the bullshit, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, there comes a point where you cannot just sit back and say, eh, you know what? Have at it. Doesn't affect me. You live your life. I'll live mine. You want to marry a goat? Yeah, go, go marry a goat, man. I ain't marrying no goat, but you can marry a goat. But but that's you joke, right? But that's where that, I mean that's how this is happening now. Open that door. Now right? we got now we got drag time story hour for for kids. You know, well, for, it, for preschoolers. And it happened in Spain. Uh, in Spain, there was this, uh, a, a new story that came out in, in recent weeks of uh, decriminalizing bestiality and. That, that's a real story. You can go, anybody can go look that up. But that's the, the whole idea of the slippery slope fallacy is a fallacy, right? There is a, an approach that the left has taken to push one step further and one step further. And one of the things that I find so funny is so often we're, we're funny, oh, sickening, funny, or funny, haha. Are we going to laugh? Well, this show's either, built on jokes. You either laugh or you either laugh or you cry, cry, I guess. Right. But the left always pushes these radical ideologies. They push, they push, they push. And then they say, well, why do you care so much? Well, you obviously care. You've been shoving this down my throat for decades. So maybe I should care because obviously it's a very important issue if you're willing to push on it that hard. And at, from conservatives, we've seen, we, we see the track record, right? We saw in the feminist revolution, the idea of really trying to reshape women to be no different from men in a very sexual nature. Then we saw it in the gay rights movement. Then we saw it in the gay marriage movement. Then we saw it in the transgender movement. And now it's moving on to children. And this all happened in a generation, right? And now it's happening year by year, day by day. And the if anybody out there still believes that the slippery slope does not exist, they need to get out of bed because this is the time to realize that we either push back or we lose everything. If you're not willing to stand up and at least say, hey, no, we shouldn't be chopping off the breasts of perfectly healthy young girls, then we don't share the same reality, right? We don't share the same idea of right and wrong, and, and that's some more stuff we can get on uh, into about in, in Common Sense for a Dying Nation. But we have to have a return to that idea of shared values, shared culture, and a shared reality. Look, the slippery slope is the same thing we've talked about numerous times on here with police mm-hmm. work, right? It, it's a theory of broken windows. Um, so basically what it is, is w- when the police are enforcing these minor laws, like, you know, a kid throws a rock through a window and you make a big deal about it, right? And you enforce those major or those minor laws, you head off the major stuff, right? Because people know that you can't come to this city. If you can't get away with breaking a window, well, you're certainly not going to get away with slinging dope on the corner, right? You're certainly not going to get away with coming over here and raping our people. Okay, if we're going to take care of the broken windows, we're going to take care of the rest of this. And this is where we're at now. This is where we're at. If if we're going to allow um, if we're going to allow our children to be victimized by healthcare professionals and by by parents that decide that their three year old son is really a girl. If we're going to allow that, 
then we've given up on society. Then let's just, let's just call this thing quits. Let's call it quits. Let's get rid of the government and let's Thunderdome this shit, right? Only the strong will survive. I mean, if that's really where we're at, just get rid of it. Get rid of all the laws. There's no reason to continue on on this thing that's just going to drag out and take another two decades to come to fruition and destroy this country. Let's just, let's just have it out. But I don't believe we're at that point. I believe there's a lot of good people here that, that still believe in what America is, and they're just quiet right now. They're quiet because they don't understand what they can do. They don't understand how powerful the voice is. They don't understand how important voting is and primaries are. They don't understand how important it is to hold their elected officials accountable. And they don't understand how to have the hard conversations with their neighbors and their friends. That They don't have to sit there when they don't agree with something yeah. and to just sit there because uh, I'm afraid to be called a bigot. Well, I don't want anybody to think I'm a bigot or I'm a racist. Bullshit. If you're on the right side, be on the right side. Don't be afraid to have these conversations, man. And this is exactly what your book is. Your but, book is a blueprint about having the hard conversations. But the more to what you just said, the, the past couple of weeks, national divorce has been a headline or national separation, whatever the hell you want to call it. You know what, though? And that has, has that's been. already happening, especially it, with the friends that I have that I used to have the long conversations with are now just lobbing text messages, mm-hmm. the gotchas back and forth of, of how idiotic the other side is to did, each did other I, and well, not having conversations. Was, did Weller give us any money? Weller has not paid us yet. <laughs> Go ahead. You know, really what's going on in America right now is a cold civil war, right? We, from a philosophical standpoint, we are cutting each other off, family members, mm-hmm. friends, acquaintances, sure. people in our workplace. And that conversation is going to heat up about a national separation. The, it, it's it's not feasible in any sense because we live in a nation of all these purple states of you're talking about if if you were to seriously talk about that you're talking about the mass migration of tens of millions not hundreds of millions of people um but that being said it, it it says a lot because again i go back to my previous point if i am having a conversation with someone and they are in favor of mutilating the body of a young child i don't have anything in common with that person and do I want to live in the same country as that person? Those are the questions that are being asked, and I think are being asked, you know, pretty justly. But here's but, but here's the thing: you may not have any, you may not have it in, anything in common with them. And you know, what's the sense in having that conversation? I'll tell you what the sense in having that conversation is: even though you don't, you push back. Oh, absolutely. You push back in the public square, and the next person who sees them holding up their sign or out there at a rally pushes back because those people surround themselves. In a, in a bubble and believe that they are right and just and moral. They believe that their side is right. They believe that this is what the country should be. When the majority of the country does not believe that, they're just silent about it. The time is now to start pushing back. So I understand what you're saying. I don't. I just don't want any misconceptions. No. There. Oh well, well, listen. I don't have any anything in common with that. I'm not going to have the. I'm not even going to talk to them. No, I'm Bullshit. saying that's that's where that's stemming from, but. Think about it this way. How many times have you been in a restaurant as a conservative or anybody who's moderately on the right and you've talked about a political issue and you've, you've lowered your voice, right? Because you're in public and you don't want anybody to overhear because they might be offended. You might run into the wrong person who's going to make a scene about it. But how many times have you been in public and overheard somebody on the left 
shouting their point of view because they have no fear of any kind of pushback. And they believe, again, they're in that bubble with the media, with how social media has been for so long, where they believe that's the only viewpoint that's allowed to be held. Jim Jim and I aren't good good for that. No, no, we're not. I I can answer (laughs) that question. Everyone everyone in our circle goes, hey, won't you break it down a little bit? Zero. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I'll, and and, uh, we, we... we're not going to get in Disney now. We're going to have a whole episode on Disney, and you're going to be here for that. Right. Um, I just got back from Disney. I did. I, I went again, and and we talked about this before, that I think um, your memories and your experiences have to count for something, right? And and Disney is very good at what they do. When you go to Disney, you don't you don't realize what they are. They're, they're right. very good. They treat conservatives like they treat liberals there. Yeah, the problem they're just trying is, to get everybody's money. The problem is right? The upper echelons and where they send their money and the, and the stuff they support. But, um, where was I going with this? Well, uh, I, I, uh, uh, if I could jump off that. Point oh, really oh, quick. oh, no, hold, let me tell you, yeah. cause I know now. So I'm walking around Disney and I'm wearing a shirt and my shirt says tyrants don't create tyranny. Compliance does. Right. And I'm walking around and I got a lot of dirty looks, man. I mean, we're standing in line. People are looking, they look at me. But then I had plenty of dudes and I always knew who they were. Because they right? gave you the nod. Yeah. They would walk up, they'd <laughs> give you the nod. They were bearded. They had tattoos. They were carrying like Molly packs, you know, for their kids and stuff. And they're, yeah, they'd walk up. They're like, bro, I like your shirt. I'm like, thanks, man. You know, and then you'd get up there in line and there'd be, you know, oh, here we go. And this is where we're going to get the hate. But then there'd be some purple hair girl, you know, and she'd be in line there in front of us. She'd look and she'd oh, just sneer at you, you know. So anyway, I am not good for how many times have I? Because the answer is zero. Well, no, that's that's a good thing. But I, I, I like Disney, too, um, you know, grow, growing up, going there. And it's a place where, you know. You truly having that nostalgia, that childhood nostalgia. I think it's, it's hard to find that really in many places promise as an adult. Me promise me you're coming back for, for our episode with the guy from Disney. Yes, because this yeah, is exactly yeah. what he says. He says the problem is nostalgia. Yeah. Right. Everybody wants the Disney they grew up in, and everybody's hoping against hope that the Disney they grew up in is coming back. Right. But well, what? But why do? Why does the left see results in their boycotts and their initiatives against companies, but the right never does? is because we can withhold some cash from these huge corporations, but most of the time it's just a storm that's going to blow over for them and they know it. And the left does the same thing, but what, what they do well is they bully corporations from a position of power. And that's what you're seeing a revolution in the conservative movement, specifically with Ron DeSantis in Florida, going against corporations from a policy angle, from a political angle, and saying, listen, we're going to wield the power that the people gave us to stop something that they don't want. And Republicans have been horrible at doing that for 100 years, right? They have refused to wield political power when it is given to them by the people. And when you have one political party in the Democrats that push, 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 and then the Republicans take power and they say, well, we don't want to use the government, what are you going to get? Not only are they not wielding it, they are yielding it. Right. The Republicans will cave to the Democrat agenda. You know, during the election cycle, oh boy, this is our guy. This is our guy. Jonah's our guy. And then Jonah gets her, he's like, listen, it's a lost cause, right? How do you want me to vote? They pulled me into an office. There's nothing I can do, guys. I'm sorry, right? I'm not saying Jonah would do that. Jonah would never do that, which is why no. Jonah's here. Jonah's well, our guy. Well, perfect example, and and, and not to not to and then we gotta go get back, to the book. not to go back to to the election, but you know, again, my opponent Max Miller, he goes as the America First conservative. He's sworn in in January. Eight weeks later, he's in Ukraine shaking hands with Zelensky. Yes, and that yes, is, and that is the perfect. 
I couldn't, I couldn't create a better illustration of what is wrong with politics than that photo that I saw. And I really couldn't believe it because it was so, it's, it's so, it's so brass to say, listen, I'm going to do this in your face and you're not going to do a damn thing about it because you're stupid and you are apathetic and I know you won't hold me accountable. That's how those politicians feel about us. And time and time again, We've proved them right. right. And that's what needs to change. Nope, for sure. All right, we got to go. We got to get into this book or else we're never going to get into this book. Yeah. Right? And it's a great book. And I, I have a lot I want to talk about about it. Uh, I can assure you, though, that we're not going to talk so much about it that nobody's going to go buy this book. Right. <laughs> but yeah. conspiracy, he sent me the bad link so I would not have any prep for that it. That is not that's true. I sent you, I forwarded the email. I, or I sent you the same link he sent me. Conspiracy. Get Jeff on the phone. <laughs> I wish I was ready. I'm not. Hey, it's Jeff, the conspiracy theorist. Just kidding. He's not here. So the very first section of your book, we go through the introduction. Um, introduction's very nice. And you know what? You dedicate to your mom. Oh, okay. yeah. right. that. How can anybody be mad at that? Right? Oh, God. Anyway, natural rights of men. Uh, or natural rights of man. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Natural rights, uh, well, uh, natural rights of he, him. Um, <laughs> this, this one guy I was talking to was like, uh, you know what? He goes, I'm seeing these pronouns and stuff. And he goes, at the end of my email, I'm, I'm just going to put alpha slash male. <laughs> I was like, oh, that'll get them. Hey, they have to call you that. That'll get them. They have to call you that. It's their rules. <laughs> I was like, no. Yeah, yeah, they, they, right. they made so the rules. Let's get into natural rights of man. So I'm just going to let you kind of tell us what this this section's about in your own words. Uh, my my questions will start next time. Sure. So the natural rights of man is again another issue that I lifted, another title that I lifted from Common Sense by Thomas Paine because it's a critical if issue that we've completely forgotten. We've forgotten what our rights are, but more importantly, we've forgotten where our rights come from because we have been told. Now, really, from the point that we're children in many ways, that our rights are given to us by our government, by our politicians, by some decrees via legislation or executive order, when in reality, our rights are handed down to us by a divine creator. And we have forgotten that there must be a true moral center to this universe, because we have arguments about what our rights are, right? The left views certain things as rights, the right views certain things as rights. But one has to be right and one has to be wrong. But we've gotten into this world, this country, where truth is now subjective, where there is no moral center. But if there is no moral center, if there is no truth, then there can be no natural rights. Because what a natural right is is something that is inherent and cannot be separated from you, meaning that at all times your rights are either being affirmed, you are free, you are enjoying your liberty, or those rights are still with you and they are being suppressed. And, and those things cannot be given or taken away. And if that is true, if those rights are natural and inherent, that means that there must be a higher moral authority than just the whims and the time and the place in which we live. And for so long, we have these arguments, right? We have spiritual arguments about, well, there's no God, there's no higher authority, there's no this, there's no that. If that is true, there cannot be any right or wrong. There cannot be any discussion. There can be discussions of what's upsetting and what not, might not feel right. But you cannot tell me that murder is wrong, that theft is wrong, that anything you say to, you, you, you say to be wrong is wrong 
if in fact you don't believe that there is a black and white uh, view of true and false, of right and wrong. And that doesn't mean that's black and white, right? We, we have to figure those things out as we go. But we have to start from that place of one, rights are inherent, cannot be separated, and two, there is a natural moral center to this universe that guides right and wrong. But what about, what about my truth, Jonah? What about my feelings, Jonah? What about my truth? Your truth is not my truth. My truth, my truth is truth, Jonah. And that phrase is probably the most, one of the most irritating phrases in the English language when you hear it, because it's always used as a club or as a shield to deflect any kind of criticism, any kind of fault, any kind of uh, semblance of being wrong. Because what you say is, you know, we, we see it, we've even seen it in the political system, in in our, in our trial systems of people saying, well, that's, that's the truth as I see it. That's my truth. Well, too bad because there is only one truth. There can only ever be one truth. There has only ever been one truth. And if you have a country of 300 million people all operating with their own truth, do you think you're going to have any kind of free or stable country? Or are you going to have 300 million people who hate each other? Thunderdome. Can't wait. Fuck, <laughs> dude. So one of the things you say in this section is that you would submit that you, um, uh, to you is that the average person in America is less free today than at the time they were born. We have more material comforts. That's beyond dispute. We have sacrificed every ounce of our liberty for a softer, more docile existence. And I would agree with that. We have given away so much just to be comfortable, just to go along to get along. Look, uh, Patriot Act, eh, it's okay. You know what? Got to stop the terrorists. Yeah, got to stop them terrorists. I'm will. I'm willing to give up my freedoms to stop terrorists. You know what? Because I love this country. I ain't no. I ain't no commie. And I think the the one thing I like to highlight when I when I talk about all of this is that we have to hold up a mirror to ourselves, right? This is not something where one person's at blame, one person's not. We've all played a role in this in one way, shape, or form. The COVID lockdowns were a huge reflection of that point that we had all of these people who despised the fact that they were healthy people being locked in their homes, but most 99% of people went along, right? They, they sat in their homes. They didn't make a stink. They shut down their businesses because at the end of the day, their material comforts, their way of life, their social standing was more important to them than their Liberty. I'll say that for the first, what was it? 10 days or 15 days to flatten the curve? Two weeks. Two weeks, two weeks to flatten, to flatten the, curve. the curve. Okay, whatever it was. Two weeks to flatten the curve. Mm-hmm. I will say that when that first hit, right, when we still didn't quite understand what COVID was, and you were seeing all the YouTube videos of people dropping dead in the street in China. Remember those? Guy yeah. would fall over and some guys in hazmat suits run over, pick them up, run them off. And I'm like, Jesus. Yeah, no, I wasn't thinking. That was not the music in my mind, right? It was the walking dead thing. That's what was going through. I'm looking at, like, they got bulldozers, bulldozing big piles of rubble in the road. I'm like, this is what's coming. So, yeah, when they told us two weeks to flatten the curve, I kept everybody inside. I'm like, all right, we're going to do our part. After two weeks, I told the girls, I'm like, two weeks is up. You know, get back to living. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. Now, yeah. problem is, you're right, I mean, to a point, and I don't know if this, this falls under the comforts, but when I went to Walmart, if I needed milk, I had to put a mask on, right? I couldn't just walk around in there because they're going to call the cops. Now it's a trespassing issue. So, I mean, to a point, you had to comply with their bullshit. You know, they, they had you, right? Every store. I mean, you couldn't walk in and get eggs and milk. They weren't going to sell it to you. Right. You, you, they, they made it so you had to comply to survive in many cases. 
but the reality is always this, you know, we are one, they are one and we are many in the sense of if you flooded a Walmart with hundreds of people who didn't put a mask on, they weren't going to do a damn thing yes. about it. If you had all of these business owners who linked up together and said, tomorrow we are opening our businesses, they weren't going to do a damn thing about it because they knew how bad it would look yeah. for them to yeah. go in and start arresting business owners and yeah. putting boards over doors. Mm -hmm. They could do it to one person, but they couldn't do it to yeah, hundreds the or gym, thousands. The gym owner right. in New Jersey. But but that that takes true courage. Mm -hmm. it, it really does. Well, and, you know I'm, what, though, I'm not, and I'm not taking away from that. You know what, though? You know what I think about that is is like on the battlefield, right? There's always this, this picture of a guy who's like, let's charge and they can't kill us all. And everybody's like, yeah. And then they take off and it's only the one guy running. They're like, pow, and they kill him. And then everybody else is like, no, oh, see, I told that's why I didn't run. That's why I'm not, I'm not going out there. I don't want to be the one to get killed. That's exactly what that is. Yeah. Everybody can talk a big game. Hey, let's all go into Walmart and get our shit. Hey, yeah, okay, yeah. Then you're the only one that walks in there without a mask and cops taking you out and putting you in jail for trespass. So, I mean, that's the problem, right? Mm -hmm. Is that people are so comfortable right now. They're not, you know, you look back when this country was founded, that was not a comfortable time. Everybody was doing their part. Everybody was working, you know. Uh, except the Tories, but all the, low, uh, you know, all the, all the Patriots, man, they were all working. They were working hard and they were slaving away at, at, at making this country great. Well, they were at the point where a 2% tax was going to break them. Right. Yeah. And that's, I think in, in so many ways, COVID did for a lot of folks is it, it put, to, put them to that breaking point. And it wasn't an overwhelming percentage of individuals, but it kind of opened eyes to say, I'm not going to be able to survive in this country if we continue on this path, right? My business can't survive. How many hundreds of thousands of, you know, of businesses were put, put under during the you COVID lockdowns for no benefit? You paying attention to the World Health Organization and what's coming? Well, yeah, what I, could be coming? Right. I mean, if we're, you know, we're partnering. Us, us turning, uh, yeah. turning over the next pandemic, letting, letting the World Health Organization and as of, take and, over. And as of today, we're still living under a COVID emergency. Yeah. And if the World Health Organization gets their way, you'll yeah. have a vaccine passport. But he said he's going to end that pretty soon, right? That's, that's supposed to be ending pretty soon. In he's not June, ending maybe. it. Maybe. He's right. not ending it. This gives him way too much power. He's not going to It's just like, and we'll get into it, but it's just like term limits. Do you, do you really trust Congress to, get, to uh, put term limits on themselves? No, it's going to take away their power. Same thing with Biden. It'll just get him to become lobbyists quicker. He's, that's all. All right, let's move on. What makes a nation? This section is really important because we talk so often about... Wait a minute. Did you have something else to say? Because no. I said, what makes a nation? And then you looked at me as like, you mother... No, no. Can we talk, I'm, can I'm we talk about on. how the military-industrial complex has totally corrupted the Democrats? What happened to the military-industrial complex being Bush, Cheney, and Rumsfeld? And now all of a sudden, you got Joe Biden on the yeah, hook. It's, yeah, it's the whole. You got Joe Biden on there and transgenders and, yeah, the yeah. Surgeon General. They and, were like, hey, we know what team we got to back now. Oh. The Uniparty is alive and well. Um, it's 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 uh, again the 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 puppets come and go, but the puppet masters remain the same, right? That's our politics in a nutshell. Is even when those Mitch McConnells, those Joe Bidens, eventually pass on from this earth, somebody's right behind them that's going to be the exact same empty suit that we've seen our entire lives. But cue, Joe, cue your music, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, going on to back to the book of, you know, what makes a nation, we, we talk about America as if it's only this abstract idea, right? It's kind of just floating in the ether. It's, it's not something concrete. And 
we, we either talk about it that way or we talk about it from the sense of it's just some arbitrary lines that are drawn and we have these borders that were won, you know, via some conquest and, and some purchases and this and that and the other thing. Yeah, but Alaska was a good deal. Yeah, but what makes a nation is not just lines. Borders are essential to a nation, but it's the values that the people hold. And what we're seeing in America today via this mass immigration, among other things, is we're, we're shipping in 2 million people a year legally, and that does, not counting illegal immigration, that don't truly understand our way of life, Western values, what it means to be American. You can't have this huge amount of people coming in without an assimilation process, right? We have more immigrants today coming in than any, at any time in our history. And the more people you have from foreign soil, it's just a reality. It's not a bigoted thing. It's not a, you know, a xenophobic thing. People have different views all over the world. And to have some sense of social cohesion, you need to have things in common. So right. you need to have- hold, hold on. Let's talk about immigration for a minute. Because in your book, you say there's 11 million undocumented immigrants, mm -hmm. illegal aliens living in the country right now, yep. right? Here's my problem with that. And I'm glad you brought that up because for decades, it has been 11 million. All right. In 2006, and we can go back further, but in 2006, Pew came out and said there's between 11.5 million and 12 million people, uh, 12 million undocumented uh, immigrants. Barack Obama stated 2010 that 11 million undocumented immigrants were in the U.S. 2016, Donald Trump talked about 11 million immigrants, right? So you're telling me that since 2006, in this case, that the number has not gone up. Even though the floodgates have been opened, mm -hmm. the number is still at 11 yeah. million. Now, yeah, the boomers died off. We got the Washington Examiner here who has a, a uh, article about it. And in this article, they say, you see, this is... Um, uh, it says, you see people saying all the time that estimates of the population have been stuck at 11 million for so many years, said Michelle Middlestadt, Director of Communications and Public Affairs for the Migration Policy Institute in Washington, which I'm sure doesn't get any federal money at all, billions of dollars. Um, during a phone call Tuesday, the thing that people are not factoring into the equation is that this is not a static population. People return to countries of origin, people die, people move to other countries, people in some cases are able to legalize their status. So according to her, 2 million people a year in this country die, go back to their country, which doesn't make any sense at all since they wanted to come here so bad, right? Or get legal status. That's horse shit. There is no way it's 11 million. And we won't know the real number, but I assure you, it is way higher than 11 million. 11 million is the number that they have established America will accept. Mm. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. Uh, and But it's a number that should still be incredibly alarming. And to think that, again, that's that's you're right, that's a number that's been around for a long time. And, and again, I was going to bring up exactly what that woman was going, you know, said. And, and that's always the excuse is, you know, it's a population that moves back to their country. People die. Uh, you know, we, we now seeing a move towards mass amnesty, right, to try to make it seem like there are no illegal immigrants living in this country. There's just a bunch, hey, of, just a Biden, bunch of little dreamers. Joe right? Biden took it from 11 million to 250,000. That's all we got left here. Meanwhile, they're all, yeah, they're all living And then living they'll be Boise. like, well, we miscounted. There's 44 million illegals that are now no they're not going to miscount they're going to give them amnesty amnesty like you said they're going to make them all yeah, citizens but when the real number comes out it's going to be more like 44 million but let's let's take that number 
at face value. Let's say that is the number. If you even if you have just 11 million foreign national undocumented foreign nationals living in your country that their first act of coming here was breaking the law, mm. you cannot have a cohesive culture that way. You're going to have groups of people who hate each other that way. You're going to have groups of people who don't understand each other, who don't share the same language, who don't share the same reality, and certainly who don't share the same values. And again, I'm not going to sit here and say, I don't understand why people try to get here, right? Every incentive is made for them to get across the border. It's pretty easy to do these days. And as soon as you get here, you get free education, free health care, free housing, and your children are going to be you know, born here and become American citizens. Um, and- of course, if, I, if I'm if i a poor individual that wants to try to make a go for it, this is the time to do it because there's really no repercussions for it. And most of the time, the worst thing that's going to happen to you is you're going to get detained get with, a court a, with a court date, right. and then you're just going to disappear. All right, listen, we're going to ship you out right now. We're going to ship you out to Fargo, North Dakota, but make sure you work your way back down here to El Paso for a court right. date. For a court date coming up. Oh, I'll be right here, sir. Okay, take care. Listen, so one of the things you said is about um, the language, right? right. Uh, how it's important for a country to have a common language. Yeah. All right? Uh, it, but it, is it, that exactly what you mean? What I mean is, oh, yes. I love this. Page 25. Yeah, it, it starts with a, with a similar language, right? You, you do need a certain sense of we have a way that we speak in this country. We have a language that we share because, again, when it's human nature, right? If you, if you are with somebody that doesn't speak your language and is speaking another language around you, it makes you uncomfortable, does it not? Any, any rational person who's being honest would, would state that that's a fact. It makes you uncomfortable because you don't know what's being said to you or about you or about anything that's going on. So there's automatically a, a barrier that's put in place between you and that person developing any kind of relationship and cohesion. But beyond just a similar or same language in, in, in dialect, what you need is a shared reality of what words mean. Yes, so sir. what we have lived under the last few years, we've seen it constantly is a radical redefinition of words within our language. We have seen the word vaccine be uh, redefined to mean something that doesn't give you immunity, but kind of just protects you. In, in some cases, and maybe not in other cases. A vaccine protects others, not right. you. Right, it doesn't protect you. Well, I was told from the time I was getting a tetanus shot as a 13-year-old kid that this was to protect me from getting tetanus, and this was the standard definition or, that we've or all Or a vaccine operated. was something that destroyed a disease inside of you or that prevented a disease from getting inside of you. Right. right. No, no, right. not anymore. That's not what it means. We have seen, and that's for, so that's, that's from the Centers for Disease Control. That's a government-funded entity changing definitions. We've seen the definition of recession change, right? It used to be uh, two consecutive quarters of, of negative GDP growth. No, no, no. Not anymore. No. It's not, that's, that's not what it is anymore. Now it's They do reserve the right to, to change be. it back, though, depending on who's in, <laughs> right. who's in power. Exactly. And... It's We've, like Facebook when, we'll you change, like, when you change your profile picture and they're like, how long do you want to change this for? You're like 30 days and then it goes right back. So yeah, they're like, well, three more years. Right. right. And, and now we've seen the most radical example of this is the redefinition through our, our institutions of the, the words man and woman. Matt Mar- Walsh. Mar- Mar- Have Mar- you seen what is a woman? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. It's, it's Merriam-Webster dictionary 
again, this is a longstanding private institution. I'm sure it gets some public funding. I, I wouldn't doubt that. I haven't looked into it enough to know. They changed their definition of, of man and woman to an individual who identifies as a male or an individual who identifies as a female, right? Is that it, right? It doesn't, yeah, it still, doesn't de- it still doesn't define what those things are, right? Going back to what is a woman. But when you have, again, going back to the idea of national separation and, and, and why we can't find a way together, is when you have two people who are talking using the same words and are speak are, are talking about two totally different things how are you possibly going to have a conversation or come together or have any sense of unity within a nation when your words don't even mean the same things and that's a very dangerous thing because when you control words you control the entire debate and obviously when you control the debate you don't lose you've stacked the cards and you've already won and so that's the huge battle that we're facing is a battle over language what our words mean and that redefinition is is a very intentional assault on our ability to just articulate our views and our reality and that is a battle that should never even be being fought we have so many battles in this country that should be being fought the fact that we're giving it this much time that we don't just laugh at these people you know that 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 there's even a segment of society that says, okay, a woman's not necessarily a woman anymore. A woman is somebody who says they're a woman. The fact that there's a segment of society that says that, I mean, that's where the true battle lies. The well, battle lies with that segment of society. Well, yeah, and if you if you think that a government disarming the people of, of their guns is a danger, think about disarming their mouths, <laughs> disarming their ability to even speak. Right. That is the maybe the biggest assault we're seeing on our ability to fight back against this government is not just on our guns, not just about our, our, our ability to bear arms, but on our ability to even articulate our viewpoints and fight back from, uh, from a, a verbal sense. My man, diagnosing our problems. So you go through, and there's a bunch of them here. Um, I'm just going to read them. And mm-hmm. if, if you want to stop me, just jump right in. Sure. All right. This isn't, we don't do interviews here. This is just a round <laughs> table. So the, you got diagnosing our problems, and when you go through and and I look at what our problems are, I'm like, well, this this you know whatever. It's the same list that everybody has. Well, you get a little further in depth, right? Mm-hmm. So we got national debt, which I don't think anybody can disagree with. Inflation, wage gap, healthcare, drug addiction, education, law and order. That's a big one for me, mm-hmm. um, because I had to check one of your stats. I thought I thought you were wrong. Um, and I went and I double checked it and I was going to tell you today. I mean, I don't know if it's too late. I know the book's coming out next week, but when you said 20,000 homicides in this country and I'm like, ain't no way that's true. That's a lot. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's a lot. FBI says it's more like 22,000. Um, think yeah. about that. Uh, what, and, uh, and what, what kind of time frame? 2021. Just a whole one year. year. Okay. Mm-hmm. 22,000. Mm-hmm. Is what they're saying. And Jonah's being nice, saying 20,000. Mm-hmm. Now, think about this. When you're talking about law and order, and that's obviously something near and dear to me, um, for most of you listening to this, that is your entire community who has been murdered. Mm-hmm. 20,000 people in this country. 55 deaths a day. It's crazy. Crazy. I, but you know what? That's what they want. They don't want to get a handle on law and order because they could. They could very easily unleash the cops, right? Take the handcuffs off the cops and let them go to work. <laughs> Get it. And, and how, many, how many of those homicides were individuals who were let out on bail, individuals who should be in prison, 
should have been attempted to at least rehabilitate them well, New or York, put away for no life. Bail. Right? That, that, that's happening on a more frequent basis, uh, possibly on a daily basis in these deep blue cities where individuals who have a record of violent crime are let out with no repercussion. And you go back to what we were talking about earlier with the breaking the window, right? We are currently living in a society run by and a huge percentage of the population who are grown-up children who never faced discipline, whether by their parents, by the state, or by their school, right? Their whole life, they never faced consequences for their actions. Or by their friends. And and, and, at, the, and at the same time... Not, exa- enough, exactly. not enough punching in the mouth happening. And at the same time, have never been taught the value of their life or the lives of others. And as a result, you have these people who are just one step above, if that, of an animal, right? Because they are not actively understanding who they are. They have no ability to control themselves, their emotions, their actions, and they act on their most base instincts, leading to these huge numbers of of violent crime and homicide. See the news today out of New York, NYPD? Mm -mm. NYPD is now begging businesses in New York to... Um, mandate that people that come in their stores don't wear masks because they are having so many robberies and so many shoplifting. They've got stores leaving. They have stores boarding up and saying, we can't do this anymore. You know who else is doing this is Portland. Same thing. But New York today, the story broke today that they are asking businesses to now say, you are not allowed in here with a mask on. My head. Tides have turned. Uh, well, that's what they wanted. Well, didn't they shut down like the last Walmart in Portland? Uh, yeah. Last Walmart's pulling out. Jesus. Yep. Walmart says we can't do it anymore. You're stealing everything from us mm-hmm. because they don't. Uh, the cops aren't arresting them. You can, you can steal in Portland. Okay. Well, it's it. This is a statement that's true of every. You get what you tolerate, right? It's true in in every facet of life. In your relationships, in your career, it's true in politics. What we accept from our politicians is what we get, what we tolerate. And it's true in crime. It's true in law and order. If you tolerate a certain amount of violence, you are going to get that violence and then some. And if you look at every issue that I have in this section, it's a it's not a one-sided, I'm just lobbing grenades at Democrats. No, right? All of these issues not. are 100% bipartisan fault. Well, <laughs> these let's are, let's yeah, move on to the next yeah. one corruption. If you think that's a democratic problem, pal, like you said, get out of bed. Right. This is, this is absolutely as much a Republican problem as it is a democratic problem. Um, The next one is family. And you know, then, and this is really the core of so many of these other issues. We just talked about law and order. When you have now over half growing to over half of children growing up without a mother and a father in the home, what do you think is going to happen to those to that generation? Is that generation going to be well-balanced? Are they going to be well-adjusted? There's great single moms. There's great single dads. People do the best that they can in, in many circumstances, but there is no replacement for having a mother and a father, specifically a married mother and father, in the home. The nuclear family is really the foundation of a republic and of a democracy, of those values of instilling virtue, of instilling some sense of that you have an importance of an individual, that you have strength and and value as an individual. That that comes from having those two parents in the home. And now we're seeing 
the absolute breakdown in a major way where not only are we uh, not only are we having children out of wedlock, but the government is encouraging via their policies to have as many children out of wedlock sure. as you possibly yep. can. There are Absolutely. financial incentives behind these things. They're su- subsidizing uh, bad behavior. Right. The government can't be your daddy if there's two parents in the house. And I think one one thing that you know conservatives are sort of moving to to is I'm more okay. I'm growing more okay with the idea of the government spending a little bit about of my money if it encourages good behavior, right? If it if it creates good outcomes. You know, we can have those conversations of more deaf policy, but I'm certainly not okay with my money going towards look at what the war on poverty did to the black community in this country. The black community had a higher marriage rate than the white community in America until the war on poverty, LBJ, and all of a sudden it just crashed. He has got them right where they right where he wants them. Through his policies, through his war on poverty, the single mothers cannot afford to raise their families anymore. They have to rely on the government. Um, listen, anybody who celebrates LBJ, he, him, Woodrow Wilson, I mean, anybody who celebrates them. You know what was amazing to me? When I was at Disney, I go to Hall of Presidents every time. <laughs> and I'll I tell you what, you think I'm joking. There's no, no joke. I tear up. I, mean, I, I was there when uh, when they debuted Donald Trump. Every time I watch that, in the first few minutes, it's about the American Revolution, and I will have a literal tear coming down the side of my face. But you know what's funny to me is that in that Hall of Presidents, at no time do they pull Wild, Woodrow Wilson out and say, listen, this motherfucker, right? This guy right here destroyed this country. Nope, nope, gloss right by him, right? Gloss right by him. LBJ, nobody talks about the shit he did. No, nope. he he's he's re, he's regarded in the media as a, as a civil rights hero, right? That's that's how they try to paint him. But look at how the Democrats treat black people who disagree with them, and that tells you everything you need to know about how they actually feel about that group of people and about I mean, it, they treat anybody that way. But especially, they have grown to have this this plantation mentality over the black population in this country, that if you dare go against them, they will do whatever they can to destroy you, to defame you, and to absolutely tear you apart and pit you against your black peers. It's a horrible, horrible thing that's being done. And I hope more people wake up to it because it's, it's such an ugly thing. It's such a brutal thing. But again, Republicans haven't made the greatest pitch, the greatest alternative I, in many ways. I feel like they are starting to wake up to it, though. I mean, because there's a yeah. walk-away movement, right? I yeah, mean, where they are leaving the Democratic Party. They're starting to realize that, look, they do not have our best interest in mind here. The only time we hear from them, the only time they make us promises is during election time. The rest of the time, we just get shit on, right? Yeah. Donald Trump, say what you will about this guy. I mean, the, the fact is, he held up every one of his promises that he made, right? He unemployment in the black communities in the Asian communities and the Hispanic communities, record lows, right? You can say what you want. You can, you can believe the narrative that he's a racist. He did more for the black community than Democrats ever have. Yeah. He was never a racist until he was a Republican. Right. Um, no, that, they loved that's, him. That's, that's how it goes. And, um, and, and it just shows that they'll, the word racist, again, we talk about language. Completely meaningless. The word racist is white noise now. uh, If anybody, if any, specifically Republican, if you take heed to that word and that attack anymore, 
then you're not cut out for this because it's it's simply a word that's thrown out to define something I don't like, right? It's racist, it's authoritarian, um, it's Nazi, right? It's that that just means something that I think is bad and I don't agree with. Right. Um, but we, you know, racism is a at its heart a truly horrible evil thing, and that's why they use that that uh, assault that term that way because they want they want us to be on the de- defensive constantly. All right, I don't even have time to get through the rest of them right now. They're going to have to go buy your book, all right? Yeah. Um, but I do want to get into, real quick, the last uh, couple are repairing the government, uh, repairing culture, and repairing spirit. Yeah, so these are the three areas I was talking about at the beginning are we have these three battlefields, right? We have our government, we have our culture, and we have our souls, our hearts, what's inside of us. Those are the three areas, and all three are broken. But you can't fix one without the other, right? You can't just try to address one thing and not the other. So when we're talking about repairing our government, we the perfect example I always use is term limits because we always this is the most unifying issue in America today is about 80% of Americans agree we need term limits, yep. right? Because why would you not think that people like Nancy Pelosi, like Mitch McConnell, should probably have less time in office, right? That's a very common sense, logical argument to make. We you see forget, the corruption you for, you that's going on. You forgot about Joe Biden. Yeah. But <laughs> you forgot. Can, can you just say it? Joe Biden. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but we have the opportunity to term limit our politicians whenever we want, right? We live in this amazing system where every two years we get to go vote and we have the opportunity in a primary and a general to swap out our representatives. It's a system that is built to have fresh blood constantly in our in our representation. It didn't work out for you, but, um, and I'm sorry about that. But, but we termed Anthony Gonzalez out, right? He stepped too far out of bounds, right. and the people finally woke up because he stepped too far out of bounds. The problem is that 90% of these politicians out there are stepping equally as far out of bounds, right. but it's not in the mainstream. It, it, it's not... It's not as in your face. It's not as in your face, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, and so, if you would do your research, it, they're absolutely as bad as Anthony Gonzalez was. When you have not so Congress What's is he doing Congress's approval now? rating is lower than it ever has been. It's under twenty percent. Oh, I, I bet it. Uh, and it, it's, do you know it's what probably, it is actually? I don't know off the top of my head. I bet it's. I bet um, it's. Oh, I bet it's under fifteen. Yeah, I, I, I would probably agree. But ninety percent of congressional incumbents win re-election every single election cycle and 95% of those incumbents win their primary elections. So where is that disconnect taking place? Mitch McConnell, perfect example. Mitch McConnell has a, as a, as a voter approval rating of, of under 20%. He lives in deep red Kentucky, right? He represents that state. He's represented it since 1985 in the U S Senate. And I guarantee you, the majority of those Republicans would say, I'm a make America great again Republican. I'm a constitutional conservative. We need outsiders. We need Then fresh why blood. are you and, voting for Mitch McConnell? And, and Mitch McConnell has never faced not right. once a serious primary challenger right. or general election uh, challenger. So where is that disconnect taking place? We are, like we said at the beginning, it comes back to apathy, but we are less engaged, less active, and less less discerning than we ever have been before as an American voter. Isn't that actually the definition of apathy? (laughs) 
Think about it. I mean, it is. It is. People, you're right. People don't care. People don't care because their lives are comfortable because they were, you know, life just keeps getting better here in America, even though our government is shit. It does. And, And we talked about it. I mean, there's still, you know what we need more of? We need more Elon Musk's. That's what we need. Um, you can say what you want about Elon Musk, but the fact is Elon Musk is Henry Ford. He's the guy who is making assembly lines. You know, Elon Musk is, is Tesla, is Edison. That is who he is. The things that he is doing is for the betterment of humanity. For I mean, granted, he's a billionaire, right? I mean, he's yeah. in it to make money. We're a capitalist society. But he is in it to make life better for people. And he's not trying, he's not trying to push his cars so much. He actually came out and said, look, these mandates for electric vehicles is ridiculous. We're not, we're not there yet, Jack, right? We have, we have work to do. I was in Disney and I watched a SpaceX launch and that's what really brought me around to to Elon Musk, man. I mean, it was a SpaceX launch. It came up over the trees, four astronauts on it. And this is an immigrant who came over here, didn't have any money at 23 years old and decided to just branch out and start his own stuff. And he is putting human beings in space now. Well, he's the perfect example of going back to what we were talking about, about immigration, of somebody who came to America embracing the pioneer mentality, yes. that idea of manifest destiny, right? Yes. That is, that's Elon Musk to a T. He didn't come here asking the government for anything. Right. And 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 so- It's actually the opposite now. The government's going to Elon Musk and asking. Right. Him. And you talked about our, our lives getting- better and it's true we, we we continue to have more material comforts that's what i meant and 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 i know i know that's what you meant but we are con- we are consistently more depressed more drug addict- addicted our suicide rates are through the roof at record highs especially among children something is broken inside of us and and and, and so it, it just goes to show that those material comforts that we're being handed are not a gateway to happiness. There were in many ways a gateway to addiction. I know you're saying. And a gateway to uh, a gateway to apathy, right? I, I keep coming back to that I, word. I, I know you're sad, but you know what's coming out soon? iPhone 15. Hey. That'll, that'll make you happy. Yeah. That'll and, make and you people happy. will line up for it. Right? All right. So listen, how do we fix it? And don't give the book away. General terms. How do we fix well, it? Let's talk about how off you guys were about your congressional support over here. 21%. 2023. Okay. It's a, it's a decrease from the high point they reached in September. So it's above 20? Yeah. Really? Well, I yeah. would have never thought that. Yep, there it is. Above 21%. But that now, means 2.1 people out of 10? That's just it. That's what I was going to say. Now you got to put that in context. Yeah. If you got 10, 10 people yeah. standing in a room, only two right. of them support Congress. So right. Right. can can but you can you bet that, can you bet 200 in the league and stay in the majors? Uh, some people can these days, but um, <laughs> were those was it, were those mail-in votes uh, that they counted? For yeah. The, for the oh, that's <laughs> true though. You know what? That's there's something to be said for is that. This, is this where he's getting to how we can fix it? That, well, so in a nutshell, how can we fix it? Ultimately, if you want to get down to the besides core, buying your book, yeah, and buy, and buy his book if you want to fix yeah, this shit. Yeah, common sense there. for a dying nation. Go to Amazon. Go to JonahDSchultz.com. Check it out. Ultimately, if you're getting down to the core. It comes down to holding up that mirror to yourself and examining your own spirit, right? Examining your own soul, seeking that higher value in life, dedicating yourself to a much greater cause than yourself, understanding that you are a individual that is endowed with 
mighty gifts and abilities and purpose that nobody else can fill. We used to understand that as Americans, and we used to take it upon ourselves to discover that purpose and live it out and and leave this country better than we found it. One thing I talk about a lot is we have to create a society that is deserving of being free, right? We, we talk a lot in the conservative movement about we're just a country that's been really blessed by God, and, and that's why we became so prosperous and so free. And, and while that is and true in many ways, we were blessed because we put ourselves in line with a higher calling. Each of us took it upon ourselves to live life beyond our base desires, beyond our lust, beyond our greed, beyond these basic human appetites that have driven civilization into slavery for thousands of years. Ultimately, it's it's examining ourselves. Again, this book is not about policy. It's not about, here's what we need to do to fix our border. Here's what we need to fi- fix our education system. It's about, here's what we need to do to fix ourselves. Because we need 100 million Americans to make a decision, 200 million Americans to make a decision, that they are not just going to go along apathetically through life and float through until they're eventually dead and buried. They need to, we all need to make a decision today to live a life that is truly great, truly honors our tradition as Americans, and ultimately serves a much higher calling than ourselves and finds that purpose. I can't tell you what that purpose is for your own life. Nobody can. You have to discover it yourself, but you have to make a commitment beyond anything else. If there's one thing you make a commitment to do today, it's to seek truth. Seek you truth know, in your own life and, and, and your family's life and everything that is beyond the, what we can possibly understand. There is a picture on Facebook that is, uh, you've probably seen it, apartment, apartment building somewhere, some inner city, and the stairs going up go to two doors. Right. And somebody shoveled their side of the stairs, left the other side of the stairs completely snow covered. And everybody says, don't be this guy. Mm -hmm. Right. But you know what? That is it in a nutshell. That's what you're talking about. All right. This is somebody who shoveled their side that is worried about their house, that is worried about their property. You know, it is time to start investing yourselves back in your communities. It is time to start to get to know your neighbors. It is time to know who your mayor is, who your council people are, to get involved in your communities. We can't, nobody expects you to go and fix Washington, right? But you can fix your community. And when you fix your community and they fix their community and they fix their community, before you know it now, now we're back to the United States of America. We're back to people caring about their neighbors, caring about their country, caring about their communities. But we're so wrapped up in our own lives right now that nobody wants to, nobody wants to do that. And it's yeah. disgusting. The goal, the goal of a tyrannical government is to make each and every individual feel like an isolated animal, right? That there's nothing greater that, to us than we're just some chimps that happen to have a slightly higher intellect. It's and we have, no con- we have no connection to anybody else, to anything greater. And at the end of the day, that's what we've started to believe we are. I'm sick of your shit, Jonah. Listen, the problem <laughs> is not a tyrannical government, right? I don't know if you can see my shirt. It's the one I talked about that I wore at Disney, all right? It says right here, tyrants, tyrants don't don't create. Yeah. Tyrants don't create tyranny. Compliance does. Mm. And that's what it is. There is no tyrant on earth that can create tyranny. The only thing that creates tyranny is you agreeing to what he says and you complying with what he says. I'm sick. I'm sick of your shit. Quit blaming (laughs) the politicians. It's our fault, Jonah. 
It's our fault. What we have, have allowed saying, this. What have I been saying this entire time? I don't know. That... All I heard was tyranny, and I, I, I went off on a tangent. I don't know. What were you saying? We're going to have to start over. No. no Welcome I... to Pod Bless America. I'm Jim. And I'm Dan. And today we've got Jonas Scholes here. Common Sense for a Dying Nation, available on Amazon. We have to... Everything comes down to res- personal responsibility, right? But we have, we have withdrawn ourselves from community, from spirituality, from our government process in favor of a softer, more docile yeah, existence. For sure. All right, so one more time. This book is going to drop the day that this podcast drops. Uh, where can we get this book? It's going to be available uh, March 13th uh, on Amazon at jonadschultz.com. You can go there to uh, check out more about the book, order your copy. Uh, make sure you leave a review uh, and, and share it with your friends. This is a very easy read. Again, you, you, it's... It's in the same vein, uh, say almost the exact same length as Thomas Paine's Common Sense. It's a, it's something you can pick up in a day and read it. Give it to your friends, maybe people who aren't as politically inclined. Give them a chance to really think about these issues in detail and how they want to live their lives. Because if we make a decision today to change the way that we live our lives, it will reflect in our, in our government process because a good people will create a good government. I firmly believe that. I will, I will say that don't give them your book. All right. What you need to do is read this book, understand this book, and be able to talk about this book. And you need to go talk to those people. Because if you just give people that are apathetic and don't care about government this book, they're going to set it aside. They're not going to read it. Sit down, read this book, understand this book. Look, we don't, on this show, we do not get behind many products, right? We have people on and we tell you, hey, look, this is their book. Go get it. I'm telling you right now, I have read this book. I stand behind this book. And this book is life-changing for this community, for this, for this country, if you're willing to sit down and read it. This is the modern common sense. I am telling you right now, go get this book. You, you 15 want, bucks. You, you spend more money on stupider shit. Go get this book. You really want to get them? Have your kid do a book report on it. Hell yeah. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. And I'm going to give it to them boys at Freedom Square. I'm going to have them push it, man. I am. Mm -hmm. Because I've read. I told him I was just going to skim it, and I didn't. I sat there for three hours today. I mean, because I had to feed the dogs and shit. But anyway, I'm going through it, and I, I just couldn't stop reading it. I mean, I read the whole thing. First word to last word. Nice. It is a great, great read. It's an easy read. If you follow this show, you're going to breeze through this book in a couple hours. I'm telling you, it is absolutely fantastic. And you did a great job on it, man. For well, real. I, I appreciate that. And ultimately everything that I put into this book and everything we all need to do in whatever we're being called to is take it, take a step back today, whether you're a spiritual person or not, say a prayer and say, God, universe, whoever you're reaching out to, say, use my gifts and abilities to make this world, make this country a better place because you were put in your shoes for a reason. You could have been born in any place at any time and into any family, in any situation, but you were born right here, right now in your situation because you have gifts and abilities that only you can unleash and a purpose that you can only you can carry out. And that's, that's a really important part of this book is that, re-understanding of that from the American people, that we have this divine purpose that is so great, that is so powerful, that is so necessary that we were put on this earth right here and now. Also, Jonah has agreed to give us five signed special edition copies of Pod Bless America um, for for Common Sense. Um, and 
he's going to give those to us, and we're going to be able to give them away. So thank you, Jonah. That was really nice of you. Um, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I'm glad we talked about it. Yep. No, we didn't. Uh, but now you're on the hook. So, um, so uh, I put a uh, message out today to Madison Rising. Do you know who they are? Heard of them. Okay. You probably have not. Maybe. We you um, talked about them before. They are um, they're a band. They haven't put anything out since 18. Um, okay. They're a patriotic rock band. Hmm. Um, and I came across their um, their Star Spangled Banner. And it is the best rendition of the Star Spangled Banner that I've ever heard. I sent them a message and I said, hey, this is who we are. This is what we do. We'd like to close our show with your song. Mm-hmm. They haven't got back to me yet. So I figure I can play it at least once. I'm going to give them all the credit. And if they say no, okay, then they just got a little bit of free advertising, right? We're going to close this show out with this. Um, this is Madison Rising, their Star Spangled Banner. I'm telling you, go to Am- or go to Apple Music right now and download this stuff. halfway done. I was going to fade it out. I'm just going to let it go, man. Yeah.
God, man, I tell you what, I get goosebumps every time I listen to it. All right, listen, so we've changed up the way things are going now. We're going to be on video now. We've got, uh, are we up on Rumble yet or no? We are not up on Rumble yet. We will be up on Rumble we this week. We will be up on Rumble. YouTube, we're up for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, we're, we're videoing this one if you're listening to it, so hopefully this one's going to be up on YouTube uh, so you can come and watch it. Make sure you subscribe, um, and make sure that you are sharing uh, our podcast with your like-minded friends, man. Um we need the support right now. Uh, we're changing the way we're doing things. We're handling the distri- distribution end of it. Uh, Freedom Square stepping up for us. Um, knuckleheads out of, out of the picture. Uh, we went to people that that appreciate us and appreciate our show and appreciate our views. So, um, yeah, Dan, you got anything? Hey, Jonah. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> you know how how I knew that communism was doomed from the beginning. How all the red flags. <laughs> Welcome to Pop Bless America. I'm Jim. And I'm Dan. So, Sheriff Lamb, welcome. Thank you. I got to bring you two on as my hype men all the time. Oh, just, all you have on. to do is just go along. Just put your mask on. Just because I might not agree with it, that doesn't mean I lose my right to parent my kid. Leave right. the jokes to me, Chief. This is what gets Jim fired up. It's not communism that's going to destroy this country. It's not socialism that's going to destroy this country. What's going to destroy this country is apathy. apathy. Don't count on anybody coming to save you. It is time to save ourselves. Jonah. <laughs>